0: All right. All right. Welcome back, everyone. I am so excited. We have back with us Joy Wilder. I don't know if you guys were able to catch the mini episode, but she has this amazing micro planning business. And guys, I cannot wait to learn more about it. So let's jump right in and let's learn a little bit more. Hello, Joy, and welcome. Hi there, Johanna. Thanks so much for having me back. I'm super pumped to be with you guys. Well, we are very excited to have you. I just cannot wait to learn about this micro-planning <laughs> business of yes, yours. Yes, it's coming. Yes. <laughs> well, let, let's dive into it. Can you tell us a little bit more of what this is and how you got started? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so
1: I am the owner of a company called Brilliant Life, and I started that about a year ago. And with uh, Brilliant Life, we utilize micro-planning to help women design insanely successful businesses around a life that they love without sacrificing their family health or spending thousands of hours or dollars on fancy marketing tactics. So basically by using micro planning systems, what micro planning is, is it's small intentional planning systems and productivity practices that optimize your entire home and revolutionize your business. And To me, I have four young children. We had four kids in eight years, and I'm the owner, co-owner of two other businesses, as well as this. My husband and I used to be location pastors. People ask me all the time, how do I do it all? And I'm I'm quick to tell them, first of all, I don't do it all at the same time. Second of all, I have an amazing husband. And third, the way that I do all that I do, I believe is through these micro-planning systems.
0: No, I love that our yeah. stories are very similar. So I really yes. identify with what you're saying. I have the three little ones, yes. the three businesses, the full time job. And so, yes, yes. I like, tell yeah. me more. Yes, yeah, yeah.
1: So I'm the co owner of a Montessori preschool in DC. We started that eight years ago. So that's a little bit more stable. And then I started a separate Montessori preschool in the first floor of our house two years ago. And that's really still very much in the startup phases. And then we have our four kids. Our youngest now is one and a half. So I just want to encourage people out there that are listening, like what I'm doing with Brilliant Life, with building an online business, it is very much still a side hustle. And that's something that I love about online business is you can do it as a side hustle. And if things get really crazy in your life, unlike my other two businesses, where something gets blows up in those two, I have bronchitis or a kid sick, I can't pull back from those. So I think that's one of the biggest benefits that women need to understand about starting an online business is there's basically zero risk, zero overhead, you don't have to have any employees. And If things get crazy, you can just pull back, and there's there's like no consequence to it, you know. In my opinion, that's like a great choice to choose as a, it's a great vehicle to choose as a side hustle if you want to choose something and your whole life not fall apart if things start, you know, getting crazy with some other area of your life. So I just wanted to share that, and then yeah, so let me tell you more about micro planning. So I really feel like micro planning is the key to success, and I talked about kind of like. The first secret of micro planning in our earlier episode, which people can listen to, but it's basically how I believe that micro planning is the fastest, quickest way to achieve success and happiness. And I feel like, in a nutshell, like conventional planning systems are way too complicated and take too much time. So a lot of people feel like they don't have time to plan, so they fail to plan, but in the end, they just are shooting themselves in the foot. The second secret to microplanning is how anyone can develop a planning habit, even if they felt restricted by planning, hate having a schedule or have brain fog. So the main thing here to understand is that you don't have to be super organized to plan some. You know, I just want to like relieve people listening. If you weren't born super organized, that's not your fault. Like I, I was blessed to grow up in a family that I have a mom that loves to plan. One time she emailed my husband's side of the family like three years in advance to schedule this cruise with our side and their side, all planned around the birth of a baby that I wasn't even pregnant with yet. <laughs> and our, my other side of the family, my husband's side of the family, they were like, oh my gosh, your mom's totally crazy. But I, I was totally like down with it. I'm like, of course you're planning the birth of, of our baby, you know? And so that's that's where I come from. But it is not your fault if you were just born into, like, a regular family, right? But here's the thing. You don't have to have a personality bypass in order to live a great life. And you don't have to feel guilty about maybe being a little bit disorganized or if you feel like you're operating in brain fog. So I think that's really good news. All you have to do is you just have to simply recognize that this is a part of your life that you want to change and then find somebody that's mastered that skill, right? So planning, it's just simply a skill. It's not a personality trait. And just like any other skill, it's something that you can learn and develop. And like based on my work with Montessori and early childhood education, I would argue it's really not a skill that's taught in our traditional school system. So, you know, th- you just want to find somebody that knows how to do this micro planning. be organized and teach yourself how to do it. So that's the second secret. Anyone can develop a planning habit, even if they've felt restricted by having a schedule or have brain fog. And then the third secret is how to plan in just five minutes a day without complicated organizers or apps or fancy planners. The key to here to understand is it doesn't take a ton of time to plan. I can plan in as little as five minutes for the next day. So I teach my clients how to plan the night before And you take five minutes just to plan out your next day. And then I cannot even tell you how much better you will sleep that night if you just take five minutes to plan out everything the next day. And then I teach them to use this kind of like time method system where you just sort of estimate how much time doing all these tasks is it going to take to do. And then how much time, how much work time do you have to do tomorrow? which is like really important, you know, especially if you have little kids at home, if you're working from home, if this is a side hustle, you might not feel like you have a a lot of time to devote to this side project, right? And then you just do a little reality check. And here's the secret is you don't put things on your list that you are not going to have time to do. So you just have to have a, a come to Jesus moment, if you will, and be like, there's just no physical way that I'm going to be able to accomplish everything on this list tomorrow based on my commitments. And then I make a choice. Am I going to cancel a commitment tomorrow or am I going to erase some things off my list? And I love to use these erasable pens because I always have to erase stuff off my list. They're called pilot friction. So you can write in pen and then you can erase it and adjust. And it doesn't have to take a long time, but it saves yourself the torture of not completing your to-do list the next day. And then I mean, a lot of people have heard the success principle of putting like your top three important things on your to do list. And if you have identified goals for the quarter for the year, you know, let's say you have two or three goals for the quarter, then those top three things that have to get done tomorrow, at least one should be related to each of of those top two or three goals for your quarter that's the real key is to plan just take five minutes before you go to bed the next day or if you if you work in a nine to five before you close out work for the next day and then I actually sleep with my planner open to a blank page like next to my bed and if I think of anything during the night I just write it down in my planner then you wake up And it's like this feeling of peace, because when you have a plan, like, isn't it great that you just wake up and you're like, and then you wake up and you're like, I have this plan, I'm gonna I know I can finish what's on my list. I it's in alignment with my goals and my priorities, my values, it's gonna be a great day. And you're like, even if you're super tired, it's just so motivating to wake up and be like, oh yeah, this is the reason I'm waking up. Like I'm excited about, about my day. And, and that it gives you this momentum getting out of bed, just having that right there. So that's really it. You know, that's micro planning. Like it's the fastest, quickest way to achieve success. The second secret is anyone can develop a planning habit. And the third secret is how to plan in just five minutes a day.
0: I love those three secrets. I'm not going to lie over here. I know you guys couldn't see me, but I was like having (laughs) these wow moments as she was talking, but trying to be really quiet so I wouldn't interrupt her. Yeah. No, I love so many different things you said. First of all, like, I love the idea of just taking five minutes and having an amazing plan for the next day because I agree with you 110%. When you wake up in the morning, especially when you have young children, Yes. most of the time you did not get a full night's sleep and you're exhausted and your brain's already like, dude, I'm fried. What do you want me to do? And if you have a plan, it is so much easier to execute it than to like stare at the ceiling, wonder what you need to do next. And before you know it, you've fallen back to ceiling, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And,
1: and I feel like, you know, so like so many women in our generation, really struggle with anxiety. And I will tell you, I have a tendency to feel anxiety early in the morning, I start feeling overwhelmed. And if I haven't done this the night before, I often have trouble falling asleep. Or and then when I wake up, if I haven't done it, i am like start really getting really anxious. Because I'm like, I have to conquer the world today. And there's no way to do it, which is true. Like there isn't any way to do it. So I really think this combats anxiety a lot too. If you struggle with anxiety, which not everybody does, but a lot of, especially if you aren't sleeping, I mean, in your hormonal, which is like, you know, a lot of women listening right now are in that boat, then you probably do encounter that at some point. So.
0: Oh yeah. A hundred, a hundred percent. Um, I don't care who you are at some point in your life, you have battled with anxiety and anything really yes. to kind of keep that at bay is. Yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Well, very cool. Well, I I love your business model. Can you tell us a little bit like what have been your biggest struggles or challenges that you'd have to overcome?
1: I, I've definitely struggled with, I think, mom guilt. I, I actually have mom guilt, no more mind flood formula that I work my, with my clients, give to my clients. But definitely I struggle with guilt and I work from home. I work out of our bedroom. My my desk is in our bedroom. So I'm on the same level as my kids' bedrooms, so, and I know, like, I just want to put this out there for women that are doing any type of anything from home, and their little kids are at home, like, it is 10 times harder, just so you are aware of this, to be working from home, and your kids are home, because you're, then you're always feeling like, oh, I should be spending time with the kids, this year we got a no pair, which has been glorious, but It's also this that's like the highest level of childcare we've ever had for my children. And so now I'm like, oh, there's another person taking care of my children. And so just navigating all of that mom guilt and like really unhealthy cultural expectations that are put on us is, you know, America ranks dead last in industrialized countries for supporting working women. We as a culture, I read this article, we have this pervasive belief that only women can raise their children. So like only a mom can raise her child. So it's important for American working moms to know that because it's not like that everywhere in the world. Other places in the world believe dad and mom can raise the child or like it's more of a culture or the school system. There's There's just this, like, I've actually read that it's almost like a backlash to the feminist movement in America, that it's like, okay, women, if you want to go and work, we're going to actually now expect you to spend more time with your kids than we did even 50 years ago, right? So it's just acknowledging, okay, we live in a culture that's not incredibly supportive. We have some unhealthy expectations that we might be putting on ourselves. So anyway... Dealing with the mom guilt has been hard, but some ways that I've combated that, I think one of your people in the previous episode talked about this quality time versus quantity time. My coach actually really helped me identify that. I have a practice, I think I have a, pod, yeah, I have a podcast on this, similar to what this woman was talking about in one of your previous episodes. I do, it's called something called special time. This is a concept from Amy McCreary, From Positive Parenting Solutions, but I spend 10 minutes a day with each child. So, four kids, that's 40 minutes a day. And 10 minutes a day, we set a timer and they get to choose whatever they want to do with me. It's just like one on one time with each kid. And I feel like if we can have family dinner together and I can do special time with all four of my kids every day, then that's like a huge win. And I used to feel Bad. Like I'm only spending dinner sometimes and 10 minutes a day with each of my kids. But then I talked to this therapist. She was like, Joy, that's awesome. That's like, that's great. So you have to identify how much time is enough with your kids, how much quality time is enough, and then like work that into your family system. So I batch special time. We do it at night because I'm trying not to be working at night. I do it back to back. My love language is not actually quality time. So sometimes it's hard for me to spend 10 minutes at a time with one child, but it's, it is so special and it really helps with their behavior. So I think that's the biggest way to combat that mom guilt, especially if you're struggling in this scenario, balancing work, a side hustle, family demands, special time is, is almost like a silver bullet, I would say. And the other thing that I, when I was thinking about preparing for the podcast that I think we have some, some of us have this notion that we have to be really balanced in our life. And I think we maybe need to like redefine our definition of balance and be okay with that. Also make sure that your partner's on the same page of what your newly defined definition of balance is. Right? So I mean, I, I teach sometimes when I'm teaching about goals and goals and dream setting, there's four wheels to a car. And so there's like physical, spiritual, financial, and relational. And if you have four tires on your car and one tire, just one tire goes, goes out you could like total your vehicle, right? So you never want to neglect any area of those four areas. But it is okay to focus on one thing in your life. I heard on a podcast once, and now I cannot remember which podcast it was. So sorry, this is not my original idea. But this woman talked about balance, especially for ambitious women. You want to think of it more like a surfer on a surfboard. So a surfer on a surfboard is actually never fully balanced. They're not like balanced, like standing on the ground, like we do when we're standing on the ground. They're always, always teeter-tottering, but a good surfer is always teeter-tottering and they never fall off. Right. They're successfully surfing for a long time. Right. So, I think that is a better definition of balance because the the power of focusing on different things. So as long as is you and your partner are on board with this and then you can bring your family in and like a family meeting and say, "You know what, we're entering into a season where the next 3 months mommy's going to be like pushing really hard and your surfboard is going to be tilted a little bit more towards this business or maybe you have like a goal to lose baby weight or something." Like and then you're going to say you know now the next few weeks the surfboard is going to tilt this way and we're going to really focus on like restoring some family time maybe that might be for a lot of women like summertime when when their kids are out of school and we're going to shift the the surfboard that way but i think if you can think of balance that way then again you're removing all this self-imposed guilt that you're not like doing everything perfectly in all four areas of your life when maybe that isn't I haven't found that's always the best way to actually like achieve your goals. But sometimes you just think you have to be perfectly balanced in all areas. And I don't think that's true. So I remind myself of that. And then I periodically, my husband and I are, you know, I I try to keep him informed like, okay, I feel like we need to be shifting this direction in this season or we're shifting this direction. And That has been really a helpful concept for me once I heard that. That was a few years ago, which is why I can't find that podcast. But I've never forgotten it. It's been super helpful for us.
0: I completely agree with everything you're saying because, and and that's actually one of the main reasons that I didn't want to talk about balance necessarily in this podcast. And instead I called yes. it stable mama because yes. it's not about having that perfect balance. It's about having like that, that stability, that core, mm-hmm. those things in your life that are really important and just making sure that those are okay. And it doesn't yeah. mean that you have to focus on one more than the other or have them be completely equal. It's just whatever works for you and what makes your life run. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely
1: fantastic
0: yeah. yeah I was like I'm I'm all over that <laughs> yeah yes. So I do really like the idea of a surfboard I was over here surfing while you were, yeah. we were talking <laughs> no I love it
1: and and I do love that you chose to focus on stability because that's that's really like more so the goal
0: yeah no these I mean you really hit on some big hitters here mom yells oh my goodness we struggle oh, yeah. I mean yes well, we're yes. just going to leave that. It's yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> right, so that is, we yeah. can go on for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then quality time versus quantity. That's huge. I know we have made a lot of changes in my house and that really, it's really made all the difference. Yeah. You see it in your kids behavior and how they interact with you and just their perspective of what you're doing. So yes. All of that. Very good. Wonderful. Yeah. Very cool. So we, we talked about your business. We talked about some of the challenges you face and I just love how you kind of touched on how you kind of keep your family very important in your decisions in your business. I've really enjoyed all of that. I guess the last thing I really want to ask you is what kind of advice do you have for people who are, are more struggling? They're trying to find their stability. They don't really know what that looks like yet. Mm. What kind of advice do you have for them? That's a great question.
1: Do you feel like they're struggling and finding their stability in like their life calling or their business or in their family?
0: So what I'm, what I'm picturing again, I can't talk for, for everyone, how I'm imagining it is that they're, they're overwhelmed, they're stressed. Mm. You know how you kind of like, you don't know which way's up. You don't know which direction you're moving in and what the best move is next. This is what I'm picturing. Okay.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, First of all, just to encourage anyone that's feeling that way. I have felt that way. I'm sure Johanna's felt that way. You are not alone. I think most women at least feel that way at some time, if not often. You know, I'm a Christian, so I come from a Christian worldview. It's one of the best things is to just write down everything in your head. So I will often like write that down in the form of a prayer, like I'm just writing. But you can just write down all your thoughts, You know, even if you don't feel like you're praying to a greater being, just write down everything, whatever's on your mind, whatever you're feeling, if you're feeling angry or depressed or hopeless or, or whatever, or just overwhelmed, write down everything. Maybe you're feeling overwhelmed and just do a brain dump of everything on your mind that you feel like you have to do. Just simply writing down everything that you have to do can be so powerful. If you are feeling overwhelmed, just you feel like you have too much to do and you don't know what to do, I would encourage you to do a brain dump to think about everything that is in your mind, take about 10 or 15 minutes, write down everything you have to do about anything that is in your brain, dump it all out, and then really take a look at it, see if there's anything that you can cross off. However you do it, you want to clarify what your values are and then set some goals around those values. Like one of the biggest sources of anxiety in a person's life is they're living their life out of alignment with their values. So anxiety is not always necessarily a negative feeling. Sometimes it's just a sign to yourself, like I'm living out of alignment with my values. So if you can do that brain dump and then take a second to write down either your values or your goals, and then Cross off stuff that's not in alignment with your values. And the other thing is, and I struggle with this probably every day, is to look at that list and say, it's okay to want to do all of this stuff, but it's also okay to not do all of this stuff today or this week or maybe even this year. Like, I've had to really frequently return to the fact that maybe God has put dreams on my heart to do, but I'm such an overachiever. And you've talked about this with your story. Like, you just want to get it all done and you have all this pressure to make it happen so quickly, but your kids are only little once and it's okay. It's okay to do things a little bit more slowly. Shalene Johnson talks about this, her kids, she, they just became empty nesters. Like it's okay. It's okay to build slowly. And you might have to say, you might have to develop a little mantra for yourself. It's okay to build slowly. It's okay. If I feel like I'm going slow, it's okay. If I feel like my kids are ball and chain and slowing my progress, I think it's okay. You know, you're like winning. If you, like you say, if you make 1% progress, you're winning, even though you feel like you want to make 95% progress today. So I don't know if, if that helped, that was kind of a bring up, but <laughs>
0: No, I I loved it. And and I agree with you. Sometimes just writing your thoughts down on paper and getting them out of your head makes them easier to organize. And once you see them, I feel like it's easier to tackle because then you you can visualize it and be like, okay, that's what I need to do. And I mean, I don't think we can hear enough that we can do it or that we don't need to go so fast and just reaffirmation of some of the things that I don't want to say holding us back, but limiting us, I guess. Yes. Yes. Joy, I have I have sincerely enjoyed having you. I've, I've learned a lot from you and I've enjoyed this conversation. I just want to thank you again for your insights and your wisdom and just for being a part of this. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for listening. If you liked today's episode, could you please take a minute to rate and review my show? It would mean the world to me. Also, let me know if you have any questions or if there's something in particular that you're struggling with so that we can cover it in future episodes. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out. Remember, progress is being just 1% better today than you were yesterday. You got this, mama. See you on the next episode.